Live from the Mert Park, USA, I'm Tavis Smiley, and you're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. So glad to see you and me back in stride again. Our phone number, 1-800-920-1580. 1-800-920-1580. All of our socials can be found at KBLA 1580. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, everything at KBLA 1580. Let me also invite you right now to download our app at KBLA 1580. Download the app. And listen to us live anywhere in the world, but only by downloading our app right now at KBLA 1580. Should you miss us any day in real time, check out the podcast of our program by going to the app, the website, Anchor, Spotify, Apple, so many places to get the podcast and listen at your leisure. Should you miss us any day in real time, but I am delighted to have you along live with us today for the next three hours. You can also watch the live stream of this program by tapping on the KBLA TV icon on our app or by going to our YouTube channel. And let me invite you to follow me on Facebook and Instagram at The Real Tavis Smiley and get Twitter updates at Tavis Smiley. Another great show on tap for you today in our second hour, a conversation about the science, the science of winning hearts, sparking change and making good things happen. Dr. Zoe Chance of Yale University will talk to us about transformative strategies for harnessing influence ethically moving past common misconceptions, cultivating charisma, and negotiating creativity. Um, she is the most sought-after professor uh, at Yale. Uh, uh, she uh, instructs a class uh, called Making Influence Your Superpower, and we'll talk to her in hour two. In our third hour today, two conversations. Up first, a dialogue about the unique bond between Mary McLeod Bethune and Eleanor Roosevelt. And on the B side of our three, we'll be joined by Grammy-winning bassist Ben Williams and award-winning songwriter and Broadway star Cindy Winters, who together make up the duo Butterfly Black. They have a new single set to drop just days from now, but we'll talk to them today on the back side of our three. In this first hour today, two conversations on the B side of this hour. We'll talk uh, politics with Democratic strategist and host of Hashtag Woke AF Daily, Danielle Moody. That said, we begin today's show in conversation with L.A. Times columnist Erica D. Smith, who is live in downtown L.A. at the courthouse right now, awaiting a high-stakes hearing on two motions brought by Mark Ridley Thomas's legal team, one motion for acquittal and one for a new trial. We'll tell you all about that in a moment. But first, this. Last Wednesday on this program, we had a conversation with L.A. City Council President Paul Krikorian who was a guest to discuss the curious case of L.A. City Councilman Curran Price, who has been charged, as you know, with embezzlement and perjury. We covered a lot in that conversation about the bizarre allegations against Curran Price. If you missed that dialogue, I encourage you to check out the podcast of that spirited conversation. But during our talk last Wednesday, I asked Mr. Krikorian what he expected to happen on Friday, 48 hours after his appearance on this program, where the current price matter was on the docket for council members to consider his fate. Here is what Mr. Krikorian had to say. Let me ask one other question, then I'll get to some more specifics here that I want to um, interrogate you on if I can. Um, sure. What's on the Friday schedule? Is there something happening this Friday in council regarding this matter? Yes. So uh, both of our motions, both the motion that I introduced and Mr. Harris-Dawson's motion, uh, will be heard by the Rules Committee on Friday. Uh, the Rules Committee consists of me, Mr. Harris-Dawson, and Councilmember uh, 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 Soto-Martinez, uh, who I 
re- appointed to that committee actually to replace Mr. Price. So we will be considering those two motions and deciding whether to proceed uh, with either of them, and if so, under what circumstances, and then the Rules Committee will make uh, their recommendation to the full council, and the council will have the opportunity to vote. Well, as it turns out, after more than 30 minutes of impassioned testimony from members of the community last Friday, the Rules Committee, in fact, took no action against Councilman Price, halting his potential suspension until late August, the 25th of August, to be exact. I hasten uh, to my conversation with Erica Smith from the L.A. Times to get her reaction to this. But please allow me just one point for your consideration before we commence that conversation. The general consensus in the news media, the news coverage of what did not happen to current price on Friday, is that the committee's more cautious approach in this price matter is a reaction to its mishandling of the suspension against former Councilman Mark Rudy Thomas, which sparked multiple legal challenges, that the council is now more sober and more wise. Okay, y'all, let's keep it real. This is not altruism. The people spoke up during the MRT case and the council got its clock cleaned. That's what happened. You and I both know that the L.A. City Council would have sent Curran Price, another black man, right on up the river Friday afternoon had we not fought in the MRT case for fundamental fairness, due process, and presumption of innocence. They would have taken his seat, his salary, his pension, and his health care just like they did with MRT. Some folk disagree with my advocacy around the MRT matter, and that's okay. We don't have to always agree on everything. But what I knew then is that if we did not draw a line in the sand, another black elected official would be similarly maltreated somewhere down the road. I ain't gonna lie. I didn't know that fork in the road would come so quickly, but here we are. And I rose this morning just to remind you that when we fight, we win. So can I keep it real? You and I are sitting right now under the shade of trees that we did not plant. Curran Price got a reprieve on Friday. He reaped the benefits of the battle that MRT first fought. Councilman Price may now get what MRT was steadfastly denied, a chance to simply defend himself before his colleagues. He may even get some modicum of the fundamental fairness, due process, and presumption of innocence that this same city council repeatedly and ruthlessly refused MRT during the Nuri Martinez era. So what's your point, Tavis? I'm glad you asked. Yesterday, it was MRT. Today, it's current price. Tomorrow, it could be you. At KBLA Talk 1580, we're fighting for everybody. Frederick Douglass was right. If there is no struggle, there is no progress. Those who profess to favor freedom and yet deprecate agitation are men who want crops without plowing up the ground. They want rain without thunder and lightning. They want the ocean without the awful roar of its many waters. Power concedes nothing without a demand. It never did and it never will. Find out what any people will quietly submit to, and you have found out the exact measure of injustice and wrong which will be imposed upon them. And these will continue until 
they are resisted. At KBLA Talk 1580, that's the word for today. Resist, resist, resist. I'm Tavis Smiley. This is KBLA Talk 1580. Our phone number, 1-800-920-1580, 1-800-920-1580. The music of Barry White, the maestro. June continues, and so does Black Music Month, and uh, as is the case every day around here uh, during Black Music Month, we pick an artist of the day, and we play the best of their stuff all three hours of our program. Today, that artist is Barry White. Uh, our conversation now commences with Erica D. Smith, columnist for the L.A. Times, who I'm delighted to have back on this program. Erica, how are you today? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Good to have you on. We've got a few minutes here between now and the bottom of the hour. I want to talk about Current Price. I want to talk about MRT. I think I want to do Current Price first. I know you're downtown at the courthouse uh, mm-hmm. awaiting the start of this hearing where these two motions, Rule 29 and Rule 33, which I'll explain in a moment, uh, are going to be argued before this judge in the case of one Mark Ridley Thomas v. USA or USA v. Mark Ridley Thomas. Uh, but let me start with the with mm-hmm. the current price thing. I saw the piece you wrote last week, um, uh, a week or so ago after all this went down. Friday, as you, uh, as you well know, uh, we thought there might be some action in the Rules Committee, but um, they, they pushed mm-hmm. it down the road until the end of August. What's your read on what did or did not happen on Friday? and why that did or did not happen on Friday. Yeah, I mean, when the, when this whole thing first happened, I really thought that they were going to move to suspend him as quickly as possible. It's what they've done in the past with other city council members. Um, but I, I do think that uh, the case uh, involving Mark Ridley Thomas really had an effect. I mean, we saw um, over time, we saw his district not having a voting representative, not having a voting representative, um, the various different lawsuits that went on involving that whole issue over whether or not the city had the right to suspend uh, Ridley Thomas's pay. And so I think that the council really didn't want to see that a repeat of that. And I think that with a district like uh, current prices district, which is one of the, the, the poorest in the city, one of the most underrepresented, I, I don't think they wanted the optics of that. And I do think that's why they pushed it off until um, the end of August. Mm-hmm. Um, do, do, do you think that means um, that current price is going to get ultimately an opportunity um, to defend himself defend himself rather in front of his colleagues an opportunity the MRT was denied I mean I do think it'll it'll be interesting how it plays out I mean I think that if this is a case that um, over time if people become a little bit less interested in or if more details come out and the public becomes more sympathetic uh, towards uh, council member price and we already saw that right with people coming into the council and, and defending him and talking about his legacy and his work um, so if there's more of that um, I think that maybe we will have an opportunity to before you know, or they could decide in August, depending on how things happen, they go go ahead and suspend him and say that you know we gave you uh, a time to have some time to really talk to the and see what they want. So I think it's a toss up, but I do think he has more of a shot. I think it's staying on the council than uh, Ridley Thomas and some of the other council members who um, have been indicted uh, for various different uh, issues. Yes, yeah, so I mentioned Erica D. Smith is downtown at the at the courthouse, and you hear the background noise, which we're trying to work our way around. Uh, but she had to step outside of the courthouse. You cannot do live interviews inside the courthouse. So you had to step out uh, to, to make this phone call to us. But hopefully, hopefully you can hear... Um, uh, what she's uh, what she's uh, expressing in this conversation. Um, you mentioned all those persons that testified uh, last Friday a- at the Rules Committee uh, where this uh, current price matter was on the docket, and more than one person suggested that there's a pattern that's developed here of um, these allegations uh, primarily being brought against black and brown members of the council. How do you read that? 
Oh, I've heard that from quite a few people, um, you know, that there's a concern that uh, prosecutors are going after black and brown members. Um, I do think that um, just given the way that society is that uh, black and brown people are, are more susceptible to being charged. I mean, we're more of a target. I think that's very true. Um, you know, but I, whether it's just black people, I think we have to remember that, you know, Jose Lizar, Mitch Inglinger were, um, you know, targeted in the past. This is also a prosecution that's not coming from the federal level. It's also coming from, you know, L.A. County's prosecutor, um, who not six months ago we were celebrating as being with the blacks, um, <laughs> related to that audio leak, racist audio leak. Um, so, I mean, I do think there is a lot of um, speculation around that. Well, you know, whether that's true or not, you know, who knows. Yeah. Um, to your point about uh, that, that, that infamous uh, audio tape uh, where uh, these uh, Latino leaders were suggesting that Gascon is with the blacks, that phrase comes from the audio tape, that he's with the blacks. How does one juxtapose uh, to your point that these are not federal charges? They're charges brought by uh, D.A. George Gascon uh, against an African-American member of the council. This has gone on for five years, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, um, we know that we're looking at current price again five years ago. Out of nowhere, uh, after the MRT case, these charges are brought. But to your point, again, back to the audio tape, um, we, we thought Gascon, or they certainly thought Gascon was with the blacks, but he's prosecuting, he's going after current price. How do you, how do you juxtapose those two things? Well, you know, it would be interesting to see whether where these charges go and whether or not, um, you know, he's actually uh, convicted on any charges assuming it goes to trial. But I, the speculation that I've heard the most often is that, um, you know, the, the theory that George Gascon is, you know, running for re-election, wants to um, up his chops on corruption charges and going after somebody like current Price is a way to do that. Um, again, that's the speculation. We don't know if that's true or not. Um, we'll have to see what happens in the court of law. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of people echoing that sentiment that there are some politics involved here uh, and that the timing of this uh, uh, could not be more propitious for a DA running for re-election who is going to be in a tough fight. Uh, I think I say that, and I think you probably feel similarly. I can't imagine anybody who's watching the politics um, in this DA's race, how he got there in the first place, uh, the recall effort that failed, what he's going to be up against in the re-election campaign. My sense is this is going to be one of the toughest races that we've seen in a long time. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that we saw that in San Francisco with Jason Boudin, you know, getting uh, you know, ousted in the recall. Um, you know, I think Gascon has just as many enemies um, for his progressive politics and policies. Um, he's got people in his own office that are running against him. I, mean, I think it's going to be the race to watch. Uh, I mean, well, I guess one of the races, but one of the main races to watch in L.A. County. So he's got to fight for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I offered a commentary moments ago, and I want to just get your temperature on one particular thing that I said, and we, we may, may or not agree on this. But my sense is, as I opined moments ago, that it's not just that the council doesn't want to repeat the mistakes it made before in the MRT case. My sense is that, that they heard everyday people, not just in that committee room on Friday, but they, they, they saw the way that process played out. They saw that folk were not happy about it. Um, they recognized there was serious conversation about how, on the one hand, and, and Concordia and I, the president, discussed this on this program last week. It's difficult to explain, on the one hand, how you are for the presumption of innocence, but you move even before Raymond to suspend uh, uh, a, a member. It seems to me that in this instance, they have heard from the people. I could be wrong. I could be right. What's your what's your read on that? No, I definitely think that had an impact. I mean, I think, you know, just you know, standing here in, in the federal courthouse downtown, I mean, there's a number of supporters that have come out uh, from Mark Ridley Thomas. We saw that uh, in the council, you know, 
chambers or with the committee hearing involving current price last week. I think that, you know, one of the things that really came through, I think in part because Mark Riley Thomas's case was so drawn out over so many months, that we saw constituents really getting frustrated with not having a voting member, not having somebody who's going to bring their wishes into City Hall, um, not having an advocate, just having a non-voting advocate for such, such a long time. And I do think that, you know, the complaints, the the worries, the frustrations, the things that didn't get done are, are something that came through to the council and they probably heard very often. And I do think that's something they did not want to repeat um, with, with current price. And I, so I do think that people making their, vo- their voices heard, whether just in support of current price and his, his record, legislative record, or just for having somebody um, in that seat that they trust enough to carry their wishes forward. I do think that made a difference in what the council did. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, watching my clock here, I've got about uh, four minutes and you got to get back inside for a hearing that's about to begin in, uh, in moments. Um, Friday evening, I attended a community gathering in support of uh, MRT, who is literally back in court at this very moment, uh, as we just said, with his lawyers, who are going to argue two motions in front of the judge today. Um, our justice correspondent uh, is in the courtroom right now as well, uh, uh, Dion Raymond, who you will hear today at 4.30 on Arriva's program, Arriva Martin in real time. Um, uh, Dion Raymond still on top of this case. You'll hear her again report today at 4.30 with Arriva about what actually happens today. The arguments are about to begin in a few moments. Again, at 4.30 today on Arriva's program, uh, tune in for Dion Raymond, our justice correspondent, to download you on what happened uh, in the hearing. But um, again, that that, that uh, those arguments are about to begin now, and they're going to be arguing two things. Uh, one is called Rule 29. The other is called Rule 33. Rule 29 asks the court for an acquittal based on insufficient evidence to sustain a conviction. Rule 33 asks the court flat out for a new trial. So he's, he, they're 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 rolling the dice this morning, but they're asking for one of those two things. Uh, an immediate acquittal based on the fact that the evidence was insufficient or demanding a new court trial. I am told and my research suggests that this is a tough judge. Whether either of those happens, we do not know. Uh, if she does not move to do either one of those things in August, uh, MRT will be sentenced. Uh, and so there's a lot riding on what's happening today. All of that said, as background, Erica D. Smith, tell me why you're there today and what you expect to see. Yeah, I'm there here just to see what happens, frankly. I mean, as you mentioned, this is a tough judge. This is a case with a lot of moving parts. Um, there's a lot of speculation about what may or may not happen. Um, you know, I want to see it for myself. I mean, I think, you know, we can't have, as you said, no cell phones in the courtroom, no cameras in the courtroom. And so it would be just uh, people telling me what happened. And as a reporter, as a journalist, I'm a columnist. I like to be here to see what happens um, and really talk to the people that are going to support them. And there are quite a few people and they keep trickling in. Yeah, I was going to say that. I, I heard from uh, Dion early this morning. She texted me a couple of times and told me uh, that early this morning there were tons of folk already lined up. Uh, to get in that courtroom, which is the case uh, throughout MRT's uh, trial. Uh, every day there were people in that courtroom. In many days there was an overflow space because there were so many people that showed up. Uh, and, and clearly uh, the judge uh, sees that. Uh, clearly the judge is making note of that. Um, it's unavoidable, but I'm told again this morning that uh, a lot of folk lined up. And the numbers I've been told uh, are numbers that suggest that there will be some overflow space today uh, for this uh, uh, significant and serious hearing. Uh, at which a lot of MRT supporters um, have uh, have turned out. Um, all that said, Eric, I'll give you uh, the, the the last word. Um, 
Is there anything your gut is telling you about how this thing is going to end up being resolved ultimately or not resolved? You know, I, I hate to speculate because every time I speculate, I'm probably going to be wrong. So yeah. I'm just going just gonna to go to this hearing and just see see what happens and, you know, hope that it's whatever comes of it is best for the city. Yep. Um, I, I take your point. Uh, once again, in case you've just tuned in, uh, MRT's lawyers are literally just moments from now set to take uh, to the podium uh, inside the courtroom in downtown L.A. to argue two motions, Rule 29 asking the court for an acquittal based on insufficient evidence to uh, sustain a conviction. And Rule 33, asking the court for a new trial. Erica D. Smith from the L.A. Times is there, as is our correspondent, uh, Dion Raymond, who you hear today once again at 4.30 on Ariva Martin in real time, only on KBLA Talk 1580. Erica, thanks for tuning in. Uh, I'm for checking in. I'm tuning in as well. But thanks for checking in. I appreciate <laughs> it. I'll talk to you somewhere down the road. Thanks for your time. Okay, thank you. All right. More of Tavis Smiley after news, traffic, and sports. Now that you're caught up on that, when we come forward on KBLA Talk 1580.